0: What countries read the most books every year? And what world-famous artist was once commissioned to make a snowman? (laughs) Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marshall Smith. Welcome to the Off-Ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, and take a side road to sanity. Well, what countries read the most books? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're talking books as opposed to um, newspapers and things like that.
1: On an annual basis. Okay. What country reads the most books every year?
0: Hmm. I'd say China, with the most people, they'd read the most books, but that's probably that, that, not true. That's not okay, sound well, thinking. I, I mean, all right, give me a moment. How <laughs> about Britain, Great Britain, ah. probably the center of much of the publishing of the of the European world?
1: No, they're not even in the top ten here. Okay,
0: how about the United <laughs> States? They're,
1: yeah, we're, we're there, second or third.
0: Okay, so what's number one, Marcia?
1: Okay, actually, they're Thai, France, and Canada. Oh, really? According to the World Population Review, a site that I check every morning, first thing, (laughs) France and Canada tie for annual books read 17 books a year. Wow, That's a lot. That is a lot. United States, number two, 12 books a year. Okay. South Korea, 11.
0: South Korea is
1: next. That's interesting. Spain, nine. Portugal, eight. Estonia, six. Chile, five. Peru, three. Brazil, Two
0: and China isn't even on that list yet.
1: Yeah, no. Wow. Well, that's according to actual books that were read completely, which is interesting because I'm listening to this public radio show that I often listen to. Uh, wait, wait, don't tell me this morning, and they said the average American only reads two books a year, and I thought, really,
0: two books.
1: I, so I don't know. I checked numerous different sites, and nowhere did I get that number.
0: We each got four or five books a for Christmas this year. Yeah. Wow. And I I finish and read. I know. You'll finish them all. I'll try. (laughs) I keep skipping around. As we said, that was my resolution, to read a full book each time. I drink as
1: much as the French do, and I read as much as they do. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I read at least 17 books a year. Wow. And it is correlated. uh, More people read with college educations uh, than people that don't. Well, that makes common sense, Uh actually. And more men worldwide read than women, and that's obvious because uh, women aren't allowed to go to school. And that's right. In many
0: countries, women are not allowed to read. Keep
1: them down on the farm and illiterate, and you got yourself a servant. Ah, those the- <laughs> were the days.
0: Those were the days. All right, Marcia. What world-famous artist was once commissioned to make a snowman?
1: Well, that just. Makes me ponder, Bob. World famous, so I know this person. You do. Have I had coffee with him? No, you haven't. Wine?
0: No. Okay. Not uh, at all. This is a world famous artist, Marsha. Living or dead? Dead. Dead. Long dead.
1: Long dead. Okay. All right, I will say. hmm Snowman. Dead. Was it Jackson Pollock?
0: No, it wasn't. It wasn't a recent <laughs> dead person. Okay, it tell was me. A, a long a dead. Long dead. Who? Michelangelo. Really? He was once commissioned by the ruler of Florence to sculpt a snowman. Kind of an interesting story here. This happened back in 1494... So two years after Columbus came to America, Uh (laughs) Michelangelo was an up-and-coming young artist under the patronage of Piero di Medici, and not quite 20 years old. Yeah, he's famous. They had a snowstorm in January, and he sent his young artist out, Medici did, into a snow-covered courtyard with instructions to make a snowman. I will pay you to make a snowman. And according to the 15th century art historian Giorgio Vasari, the snowman Michelangelo made wasn't just any snowman. It was possibly the greatest snow sculpture in the history of the world. <laughs> the New York Times claims it was a dry run for the sculpture of David. Wow. Probably a heroic figure, all poise, muscle, and magnificence. Those who saw it called the figure very beautiful, but of course, it was made from snow. snow <laughs> so it didn't last. And so one of Michelangelo's earliest masterpieces literally melted away probably the greatest snowman ever in human history.
1: I guess, that's interesting. From
0: Britannica.com.
1: That's very interesting. Okay, quickie. Why did the emperor of India build the Taj Mahal?
0: That was, wasn't that a memorial to his wife? Yes. Yes.
1: It was a?
0: Mausoleum for his wife. It
1: was a tomb. For his favorite wife. Oh,
0: his favorite wife. He had a few. Not just any wife.
1: Which begs the question: What did he build for his least favorite wife? Quonset uh, hut.
0: <laughs> Was she educated? Could she read? That's my question. <laughs> I'm
1: sure she read. Okay, I got another quick one. Okay. The Channel Tunnel, also known as the, the Channel, Chunnel, mm-hmm. connects Kent, England, with what French city?
0: Uh, let's see, what French city? It's a port.
1: Did you go? Did you take no, the channel? No, I
0: didn't take the Channel. No, I didn't do that.
1: Didn't your relative yes. help build it?
0: Yes, yes, he did. He was uh, one of the operators of one of those big engines that uh, dug it out. Right, uh-huh. You're right. I think it was Ted, yeah. yeah. Uh, don't know the answer to the question, Marsh. Uh, okay. What it is, is the what is the French port?
1: Calais, France. Spelled? C-A-L-A-I-S. Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Have, right. You've heard of that? Yes, I have. I haven't, yeah. but uh, if it connects the channel, that's a big deal over there.
0: I have an interesting question from history. Two world countries discovered something unusual about themselves at the 1936 Olympics. That's the famous Olympics where Jesse Owens ran and, you know, Hitler and that whole thing. But two world countries discovered something unusual about themselves at that Olympics. What was it?
1: Uh, I don't know that they had a lot of Jews on the Olympic team. No. They didn't know. No. um, That they... I don't know.
0: They discovered they had the same flag. Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the countries! Oh, it's like wearing the same dress. To it the is. It's dance.
0: like you just don't do that when you go to the Olympics. Oh. The countries were Haiti and Liechtenstein. I'll
1: be darned. And
0: at the 1936 Berlin Olympics, they discovered their flags were identical. Oh,
1: that's funny. Haiti
0: flew their civil flag that omitted the coat of arms found in the center of their national flag. That's reserved solely for military and governmental functions. And they discovered that the European country of Liechtenstein had been using the same red and blue striped design since 1921. So the following year, just like two very high-culture women, Liechtenstein changed and added a yellow (laughs) crown to symbolize their prince to avoid any confusion in the future. Oh,
1: that's that's awesome.
0: Awesome. Can you imagine going to an Olympics and discovering, hey, we got the same flag as those well, guys think, over there?
1: I think the uh, flag researchers in those countries got fired. Yeah, don't you, Bob? I imagine
0: so. Somebody
1: look into Why that. Why didn't
0: anyone know about this? <laughs> Can you imagine? That had to have been screamed in the palaces, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah,
1: you'd think you'd look first, but it's hard to cover every country of the world. What in
0: holy hell is going on here? <laughs>
1: Oh, hell. Okay, Bob. This country's favorite beverage is a mint tea made frothy by pouring it into a glass from a substantial height. What country is it?
0: What? You mean they have like people standing on ladders pouring tea? I don't
1: think it's quite that high. Oh, okay. But this is a famous thing. That famous tea,
0: and yeah. it becomes more frothy because it's poured, poured from a height.
1: Apparently, yes. And it's very popular.
0: What country's tea? Yeah. It's not England, I would assume. No, no. We no. just don't do that here. No, <laughs> um, it wouldn't be China. That's where tea began. No. So I would say it's another European country. Mm. Perhaps, perhaps mm. Morocco.
1: That's. Did you come I don't up know, with I that? just thought it
0: might be uh, something exotic. It is. Oh, no
1: kidding. Well, bravo. Oh, I did
0: not cheat to look at your questions no, before we went into you, the studio either.
1: Of all the countries in the world, you chose mine.
0: Of all the countries in the world, you chose Morocco. <laughs> I
1: wasn't a setup for your voices. Oh, I'm sorry. Moroccan mint tea is a northern African preparation of gunpowder green tea. It's called gunpowder because it's got little pellets in it. Oh. it looks like gunpowder. With spearmint leaves and sugar. And it's a sign of hospitality and is very popular in uh, many places around the world. Hmm. Morocco.
0: Wow. Of all the gin joints <laughs> in the world, you had to come into <laughs> mine and pour that tea. Okay, Marsha, which U.S. <laughs> Tap state? It down, buddy. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Marcia, what U.S. state has the highest cost of living index? Is it Oklahoma? No. Wisconsin? No. Mississippi? No. California? No. New York? No. Or Hawaii? Hawaii. That's exactly right. (laughs) We found that out because we went there. Pretty expensive place. Yes. Even the rental cars are expensive. It
1: was more than the condo. That was.
0: Yes. uh, The highest cost of living index in the United States is Hawaii. It, It is indexed at 184, which is higher than any other state in the country. The lowest cost of living index is in Mississippi, where the score is 85, other states with relatively high costs of living include California, uh, New York, and Massachusetts. Yes. States with the lowest include Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. All right. On the other hand, what's the most expensive fish you can eat, Marsha? Uh, Is it swordfish, mackerel, catfish, bluefin tuna, or tilapia? <laughs> well, it's not tilapia. No, it's not.
1: And it's... Uh, and. Uh I'll tell you how much it
0: costs. Okay. $5,000 a pound.
1: Whoa. That's not, uh, I always think a caviar, but that's not a fish. That's a byproduct of a fish. What are the choices? Uh,
0: Swordfish, mackerel, catfish, bluefin tuna. Swordfish. No.
1: No. Bluefish.
0: Bluefin tuna. Yeah. Yes, bluefin tuna, used in various raw fish or sushi dishes. It can sell for a great deal of money in Japan. In in 2019, 600 pounds of it sold for $3 million. Oh, my. Which is equivalent to $5,000 a pound. More typically, though, it goes for about, oh, only $200 a pound. (laughs) $200 a pound in Japan. And between $20 and $40 per pound in America. But part of the reason for that is the taste. Its distinctive flavor, and many people consider it the tastiest tuna there is. Sounds like a nice slogan, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) The tastiest tuna there is. What is
1: that tuna phrase was so popular in commercials? Uh,
0: Sorry, Charlie.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. In sushi, I suppose they do like they do with any decent seafood. They put a fleck of it in. Yeah. This is, right? A little fleck. Yeah, that's it.
0: I'm sorry, that's $50. Yeah. It's
1: (laughs) ridiculous, so... And is it real crab in that? No, no, it's pretend. It's, but they don't say It's
0: it. tuna, honey. It's not crab.
1: I know. This is tuna. Okay. But there is crab in my uh, sushi, well, and it never is really crab. Okay. I'm okay. sorry. We're
0: not talking about your sushi oh. right now, okay? <laughs> We're talking about bluefin tuna.
1: Okay. All right. Any other things you want to complain about in Bo- your life? Bob, let's move on. Oh, okay. okay. I'm, here's fill in the blank. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wait till I'm finished with it in case you... Jump in and know the answer right away. Oh,
0: no. Okay, what is the the question? Sorry.
1: Oh, boy. I'm going to go to bed with that ringing in my ears. I know. Okay, fill in the blank. In the heyday of the cowboy, John B. Blank created a hat with a high crown to hold a cushion of warm air and a wide brim to deflect rain and snow. A trapper offered him $5 gold piece for the hat, and he sold it right off his head and decided, I've got a winner here. So
0: I know it is.
1: Who was John B. Stetson?
0: That's right. Yeah, that's right. Isn't that interesting? And he actually—it's an engineered product. I mean, it wasn't just any floppy hat all the other gold miners and people had, but this is something that really was engineered for for a good purpose.
1: He lived from eighteen thirty to nineteen o six, and his hat is still being made today in Garland, Texas.
0: Ah. So the Stetson Hat Company is still in business, is what you're telling me? Well, yeah,
1: it's under another name now. But yeah, Stetson is one of their product line.
0: All right, Marsha, what happens when bankers go on strike? I have a good idea. (laughs) Now, today it might not be the same story, since so many of us do our online banking or we use apps on our phones. But only 50 years ago, it was a different story, and it happened in Ireland. Okay. 1970 was the year bankers in Ireland went on strike. Any idea what went wrong? Ah. You know, back in the day, the only place you could get your telephone was from the telephone company. Uh-huh. Remember that? They had yeah. to come in and install it. You know, you couldn't buy them in the store. Right. Kind of like bankers had checks. It's the only place you could get checks or anything, any instrument to use to pay off debt had to come from a bank, okay? Mm-hmm. So here's what happened. In 1970, when the Ireland bankers went on strike, oh, laddie, <laughs> People began using up all their checks, so they resorted to writing debt notes on whatever was handy. Potatoes. Cigarette boxes, (laughs) toilet paper, even eggshells. And potatoes. And potatoes. (laughs) When the 6 months Irish banker's strike ended, there were $7 billion in checks waiting to be cashed, written on all sorts of things. I would be darned. So don't let your bankers go out on strike.
1: Yeah, you can. (laughs) uh, I learned somewhere along my life that you can write it. Check on anything and you'll yeah. accept it. Yeah, who knew? Till you need it, you don't know. I see. Just go write it on that napkin and sign your name. That's
0: All right, fat. I'll just do that. I'll sign my name, but we'll do that All after right. we take a break. Oh, okay. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marshall. Smith. Okay, Boomer. I'm Robert Rickman, host of Okay Boomer with Robert. Yes, we like to enlighten you with colorful features, Boomer news, Boomer history, but we will also mystify you. And this one coming up in 24, that's going to be really creepy. That's an astronomer standing at ground zero where the 2017 and 2024 eclipse paths will cross over Carbondale, Illinois, the home of OK Boomer with Robert. And you can find OK Boomer with Robert wherever you get your podcasts. We're back. You're listening to Bob and Marcia Smith. You can find us on the web at theofframp.show. That's where our website is. We do this program every week for the Cedarburg Public Library, Cedarburg, Wisconsin, which has an internet radio station. And then after that, it goes on podcast platforms all over the world. Okay.
1: I got a new segment, Bob.
0: Okay. It's called,
1: Who Am I?
0: Oh, dear. Yes.
1: And this, I'm taking uh, three of these, uh, not in a row. You look
0: just like Marcia Smith. Thank
1: you. Yeah. I'm taking them from the uh, American Trivia Book.
0: The American Trivia Book? There's actually a book called The American Trivia Book?
1: The American Trivia oh, Quiz American Book. Oh, American Trivia Quiz Didn't Book. did you buy me yes, this? Yes, I did buy you
0: that book. <laughs> yes, that's true.
1: Now you will pay the price. Oh, dear. Okay, who am I? Okay. He is often called the father of the American Navy. He joined the Continental Navy and served as first lieutenant aboard the Alfred, the first naval ship bought by the Continental Congress. He later captained the Bahami Richard. He battled a larger and better armed squadron of British ships. And when the British demanded he surrender, he said... I have not yet begun to fight.
0: I have not yet begun to fight. Was that Lawrence? Was that his name? It was John Paul Jones. John Paul Jones. That's the other one. Okay. And he was buried in Paris. I didn't know that. Yes. John Paul Jones. Okay. That's a good who am I. Give Uh me another one. She became a
1: heroine at the Battle of Fort Washington in northern Manhattan on November 16, 1776. As many wives did and yours truly she followed her husband john while he served in the army to cook for him wash his clothes and help tend to the wounded wait a minute you you never (laughs) did any of that for me (laughs) you never went to war Oh, okay but isn't that something the wives would go along
0: yes yes
1: john and another soldier manned one of the two cannons at fort washington when they were both killed she took their place at the cannon Seriously wounded and permanently disabled, she became the first woman in America to receive a military pension.
0: Was that Molly Pitcher? No. Okay.
1: I've never heard of this woman.
0: Okay, what's her name?
1: Margaret Cochran Corbin. Wow! Have, have you?
0: No, I don't believe so. She took
1: over for the men and just ran that cannon down their throats, apparently, and then got really wounded in the process.
0: You would be that way if you saw your husband die.
1: Oh yeah, you get a little cranky. All right, and,
0: I'll take this over.
1: And she got. Uh, she was the first woman to wow. get a
0: military pension. You know, there's so many unsung heroes like that. That especially when you find females and minorities in great American battles, you know, uh-huh. things like that. Yeah, it's good to hear the name never, like that.
1: Here's a more common name. He is a Yale-educated teacher who became a captain in the Continental Army and a member of a select group of fighters called the Rangers. He volunteered to go through the British lines to gather intelligence on troop positions in New York City. At the age of 21, he was captured and hanged as a spy.
0: Nathan Hale.
1: Before he was hanged, Nathan he was credited Hale. with saying?
0: Nathan Hale. What did he say? I regret that I have but one life to give to my country.
1: Excellent, Bob. That is exactly right on both counts. All right. All right. Well, this, those are pretty good. That's a nice. That was a nice
0: uh, series of things. Thank oh, you. I'll, I'll do
1: more. Who am I?s Next week.
0: Okay. All right, Marcia. You think your cell phone is expensive? How much did the first <laughs> cell phone cost? Was it one hundred fifty nine dollars? or $1,506. I'll go with the $3,000. That's right. It was nearly $4,000. That was the uh, 1973 Motorola prototype, the world's first portable cellular telephone. It measured more than a foot long (laughs) (laughs) and weighed two pounds. It cost $3,995. Ultimately, it became commercially available in 1983. It took 10 years. Known as the Motorola Dynatac 8000X. And here's how much power that little puppy had. Its battery could provide one hour of talk time. (laughs) <laughs> and and its memory could store all of 30 phone numbers. That was it. Wow. For $4,000.
1: Remember on TV you'd see these people using these huge things? That, uh, it's just Some hilarious. of the old movies and yeah. TV shows, yeah. yeah. Like,
0: it's like putting a shoebox yeah, next they're... to your head to talk, right?
1: <laughs> oh, that's funny. That got, Imagine $4,000. Okay. All right. Back in days of your Bob, ancient Romans... Declared that you had to be at least what age to hold many political offices.
0: At least what age to hold many political well, they, yeah, offices. Yeah, they had an
1: age limit for some.
0: Older or younger than what we have now?
1: Well, I'm not going
0: to Not going to help me.
1: They, I don't know what the age groups, we'll say for president, what age you have it's to be. It's
0: 35 to be president of the United States.
1: Okay, younger.
0: Okay, so I'd say 16.
1: You'd think so, because what was the age expectancy back then? No, 30. You had to be 30 to hold some offices in ancient Rome.
0: So even then they knew that to be mature, you had to be around for a while.
1: A little bit. And uh, part of the low life expectancy in Roman times was impacted more by high infant mortality rather Mm -hmm. than old age. There were a fair amount of people that did live to be older.
0: All right, Marcia, I have a couple questions for you here on animals. All right. Here we go. On average, how many hours does a koala spend sleeping? Is it four hours? 10 hours, 14 hours, or 20 hours? 20. It is. (laughs) Can you imagine? You're only awake for four hours a day. You better be doing something important.
1: It narrows down your to-do list. Holy cow. (laughs) Yeah,
0: koalas can sleep up to 20 hours a day, and that's due to their low-energy diet and the high amount of energy required to break down toxic leaves. They're mostly active at night.
1: What are those leaves they eat? Those, oh, uh, there's
0: uh, all kinds of names. That are eucalyptic and yeah, things like it. that. Yeah. Okay, Marsha, How many times per minute does a hummingbird's heartbeat? Oh, is it 240 beats per minute? No. 600 beats per minute. Mm-hmm. 1260 beats per minute, or 2860 beats per minute. 1260. You're right. How did you know that? I just know things. Ding, Bob. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. Wow, can you imagine that? Twenty one times a second a hummingbird's heart yeah, beats.
1: You can't your mind can't go that fast.
0: That's amazing. Yes, it is. And some fun facts, there are over three hundred thirty known species of hummingbirds found only in the Americas. They can fly forward, backward, even upside down, and their hearts beat as fast as twelve hundred sixty beats per minute. That's the rate measured in the blue throated hummingbird how long do you think they live
1: oh gosh um is it a lot or a little it's a little it is a year
0: an average of three to five years okay I guess when you're that busy, you're going to wear yourself out. <laughs> and
1: your heart kind of gives you, Holy it, right?
0: cow. The current record holder, though, is a female broad-tailed hummingbird. Now, she was banded as an adult in Colorado in 1976 and was recaptured in the same location in 1987. So they know that she would have been at least 12 years old. Oh, wow. So that's the National Park Service. So we know they can live as long as 12 years, but we believe, we okay. believe the average life expectancy for hummingbirds is three to five years. Wow. She was an old bird. Yes. <laughs> how many uh, times its body weight can a gorilla lift on average? Any idea? Really? You Gorillas mean, are strong, you know.
1: Yeah. How many times? I'll so, give you three how, choices: oh, okay.
0: five times, ten times, or fifty times. Oh
1: Lord! It can't be fifty. I'll say the middle ten. Did you say?
0: You're right. It's ten. And here's some reasons you should stay away from gorillas. Number one, (laughs) 10 times their body weight, they can lift. So if they can weigh, let's say they weigh 300 pounds, that's 3,000 pounds of strength. They can throw more than a ton. They can pick up cars. They can throw more than a ton at you. All right. Fully grown silverbacks are stronger than 20 adults combined. Don't go after uh, gorillas. A silverback gorilla can lift 4,000 pounds on a bench press (laughs) while a well-trained man can only lift 885 pounds. And research shows that gorillas can sometimes lift up to 27 times their full body weight. Wow. And here's a bad one. They have a bite force of 1,300 pounds per square inch, double that of a lion.
1: Oh, my Don't word.
0: get in a fight with a gorilla. <laughs> well,
1: all right. All
0: right. But they're not the lifting champions. Who do you think the lifting champions of the animal world are?
1: Oh, elephants.
0: No. Tiny, tiny. Tiny, tiny. Oh. Lifting more than their Ants. weight. Ants. Ants. All right. How many times can an ant lift their own weight? Gosh, it's like i I'm not gonna give you any choices this time.
1: Okay, I'll Mm -hmm. say uh, uh, 20 times their weight.
0: 20 times, that would be a lot.
1: But it's a lot more. How
0: about 100 times their weight? How about 150 times their weight? How about (laughs) 5,000 times their weight? Really? Yes, yes, new research on heavy lifting ants reveals that the neck joints of the common American field ant can withstand pressures up to 5,000 times greater than its own body weight. Huh. So, some fun animal facts here on the off Yes,
1: I used to be the queen of animal facts. Thank you for that. Okay. Okay, one more before my quote. Do your pupils, Bob, get bigger or smaller as you age?
0: As you age, yeah. I think they get smaller. Why would you say that? Well, just observing uh, older people. I see their eyes look tinier, and I see the pupils being smaller in you people's do. eyes. Yes. Well, that is a correct
1: observation. Is it? Okay. It is.
0: So I'm looking well. It's not that my eyes are going bad. No. Okay, good. <laughs> our,
1: our hips get bigger, but our pupils get smaller. As we add on years, muscles in the pupils get weaker. Okay. Because of this loss of muscle function, pupils get smaller, and we're also less responsive to light and hence smaller pupils make it harder to see at night. So people in their 60s need three times as much light to read comfortably by. Wow, too that's interesting. As people in their 20s. That's
0: why older people are always turning on lights and younger people are always saying, "There's too many lights on yeah, in here." And they turn yeah, them off.
1: Yeah. Okay. At, and reading in a dimly lit restaurant, I do hear my mother going, what the hell? I can't read by this candle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so much for a romantic dinner yeah, that was with just, Frenchie. Yeah. What happened there? So, that's what she said to your dad, Frenchie? She's like, that's just too dark here. No,
1: that was my graduation dinner.
0: Oh, that was different. Yeah. Maybe that's, there were other concerns at that one. What do you think? <laughs> Finally, she's graduated. Okay, Marsh, one more question on expense. What's the most expensive cheese in the world? In what country world. What country has the most expensive cheese in the world? Is it Italy, Switzerland, France, England, or Serbia? Serbia. That is it. Six, Boy, I'm
1: good at the guesses today. It's called
0: Puel cheese, P-U-L-E. Yes, which means? Don't know, Marsh, but it's the most expensive <laughs> cheese in the world, $600 per pound. Where does it come from? It's made from the milk of Balkan donkeys. Balkan. Endangered and native to Serbia The Balkan donkeys at the Nature Reserve Are fed three times daily To gather the amount of milk needed to make cheese It takes 6.6 gallons of donkey milk <laughs> To produce 2.2 pounds of fuel cheese Which sells for $600 a pound Wow Apparently a rich, complex flavor With a crumbly texture <laughs> The cheese is smoked during the production process So it's like, it's smoked cheese Yeah, which we like I love that pure cheese. is a rich and complex but, flavor with but, a
1: crumbly texture. Yeah, but and, from but, donkeys. Yeah, I was gonna say add the word donkey, and it kind of takes away it the mystery. It does take away there. from it. Oh,
0: yeah, right. Donkey <laughs> milk. Okay. Well, but hey, it must be good. I'd, I'd like
1: to taste it. Pe- I, people I, wouldn't
0: pay $600 a pound for it if it wasn't good, yeah, Marsh.
1: I do love I have cheese. to keep that in
0: mind. There's okay. a lot of things like that. Yeah. We really don't want to know where some of the things we eat come from.
1: You know? <laughs> Let's face it. It's like when I make you dinner. Oh, uh, yeah. Those rare occasions. This is good, but I don't want to know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not true. That's true. I you, don't. You do wonderful in the kitchen. You do wonderful things. Cooking. Is one of them. There we go. Okay. (laughs) You thought an insult was coming. I don't.
1: I barely cook, Bob. Okay. Here's a great quote from Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. Ready? When you're at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. (laughs) I love it.
0: All right. That's a good one. Well, that's a good way to tie it up. (laughs) All right
1: And hold on, baby
0: Yes We want to invite you If you have any questions Or things you'd like to contribute You can do so by going to our website Theofframp.show And scrolling all the way down to contact us There's a box there You can leave us information Okay We'll be back in another week With more fascinating facts And tantalizing trivia I'm Bob Smith I'm Marcia Smith Thanks for joining us today On The The Off Ramp. Ramp The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin. Visit us on the web at theofframp.show.